getting a new dog is always an exciting thing. But what happens when your existing dog and your new dog aren't getting along? Suddenly that fairy tale you had of your dogs being best friends goes away. And now what? So on today's episode, we are going to be talking about in-house dog aggression. This is a big one. Let's dive into it next. Alright, let's get this episode going for this week. So as you guys heard, this episode is talking about in-house dog aggression. To me, this is a very common thing. This is one that was actually requested. Yay, we're finally getting to some requested uh, uh, podcast episodes here, so I'm pretty excited about that. But more exciting, before we get into the, the, the bones of this episode... I want to let you guys know that I am Jake. I am from OnDogTrainingAcademy.com, and we are really excited that we have now uh, got a launch date for our first online course. It is going to be called Welcome Home. This is for anyone getting a new dog or has a new dog. This pertains to puppies, adult dogs, whatever. If you're looking for something to help give you guys a head start, This is going to be an awesome course for you. It goes over a ton of stuff. So if that is something that is interesting, interesting, interesting to you guys, then I would definitely check out ondogtrainingacademy.com. Also, if you look in the description of this week's episode, I will, we are giving away a free shopping list, dog, new dog shopping list. All you got to do is just click the link, give us your email. We will send that out to you guys uh, right away. So pretty exciting. It's our first course. We're, we're excited to get this stuff launched. So check out ondogtrainingacademy.com. Also, if you're looking, as you know, like I mentioned, this is a listener requested episode. If you're wanting to have me talk about something, jump on over to our Facebook page. It's the Learn, Laugh, Bark podcast Facebook page. I also have a link to that in the description. So you can check that out, and in there, you can drop what you want me to talk about. Like I've mentioned, every single episode, I have a ton I can talk about, and if anybody who's listening knows me, I'm very, very good at talking. But I want to talk about what's interesting to you guys as well. So with that being said, tell me what you want me to talk about. I've got a couple others that are in there that I am going to be working on, Um, but you know, I want to talk about what you guys want to hear. So... Tell me what it is. Let me know. With that being said, we're going to jump into this week's episode. It's the in-house dog aggression. So like I mentioned in the intro, people get dogs and, and right away they're hoping, we all hope, that our new dog and our old dog are going to get along. That's ideal, right? You want to be able to have your two dogs hang out together, play together. And most of the time, this is realistic. This happens. But, unfortunately, there is a decent percentage of dogs that just don't get along. And it gets to the point that they don't, not only do they not like each other, but they hate each other and they want to attack each other. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today is like, what happened? 
why did it go south and and what are some things that we can do to help with that now the first thing i will say is i'm going to be talking a lot here about things you can be doing or things to think about but they're going to be relatively vague in a sense and the reason for that is because every single situation is unique and we need to make sure i don't want to give you guys bad advice for your situation and have it make things worse so my advice to you guys is listen to this episode if you're having these issues and even if you're not this is a good episode to listen and be prepared in case this happens but listen to the episode think about what you can do in your situation to maybe make things better but really if you're having these issues it's a good idea to find somebody local that a local trainer um, that works with these type of, of issues and get with them and get their opinion and let them see your dogs, let them see your situation and your the interactions and everything and be able to offer more than just what I'm saying here. This shouldn't be your only go-to for advice. So please make sure you're consulting uh, trainers in your area as well. Or, I mean, you can always just go to a trainer that you like and you can always do uh, online virtual things where they can see your, ho- your house, your dogs, your interactions, things like that. But get with somebody who can give you more advice for your exact, specific, unique situation. So the first thing is, is we're going to talk about is why. Why does this happen? And a lot of times this comes out of the blue, seemingly comes out of the blue. Like why did suddenly my two dogs who were fine with each other decide that they want to kill each other now. They want to attack each other and they cannot be in the same room together anymore without problems. We got to look at the why. Well, the first thing with the why is the age. You want to look at the age of your dog. For a lot of older dogs, when you get that new dog, especially if it's a puppy, they get what we call a puppy pass. Puppy pass is exactly what it sounds like. The older dog kind of lets the dog chew on them, hang on them, do certain things. Yeah, the older dog might tell them off and do a little rah, rah, rah. And when I say older, I don't mean like, I mean, older is just, just basically your, your dog. It doesn't matter. Your dog could be a year older than your, your puppy or your, your new dog, or it could be 10 years. It doesn't really matter. Um, but they're giving them that pass, but then there becomes a time where those behaviors aren't going away. And now your older dog or your other dog needs to tell the new dog off. And it's how your new dog responds to that that can determine the outcome. You know, does the dog get defensive and fight back? Well, that could be starting something then. That could be starting your your house aggression issues. But you're looking at the age of that puppy pass. Now, I can't give you specific age because every dog decides differently. Some dogs don't tolerate puppies at all. Other dogs tolerate them for, in my opinion, too long. And they need to kind of set them in their their path um, or in their place. The other thing with age is maturity. What we notice is right around two and a half, and I mean, this could really fluctuate between dogs. I've seen dogs as early as one and a half to and, and as old as, you know, three and a half or older, where they've decided, you know what, I'm tired of being number two or being on lower on the totem pole here. I want to push my way up. And so they start to, you know, challenge for that top spot, the hierarchy uh, in, out of the dogs. Because whether you know it or not, your dogs have a hierarchy. They kind of know who's the alpha dog, who's not the alpha dog. And people will be like, no, my dogs are equal. They're not. 
Something is figured out amongst them, whether it's through play, even if they don't fight, it's through play, it's through whatever, something's figured out. But as one dog gets older or whatever, the new dog or the young dog starts to push in. It's nature. This is what happens with many, many, many different types of animals, canine, everything. So it could be something along that, and maybe the older dog is kind of bucking that that change, and there's those fights involved in that. The next one then is, is your dog altered, spayed or neutered? Now, I'm not saying if they aren't spayed or neutered that they should get spayed or neutered, but keeping going back to that that maturity, that sexual maturity, that two and a half age where the dog really comes into their own, that again can play a part. Hormones are a beast. You know, testosterone is a beast. It can definitely run a dog's life. And and so it's really important to, to understand the age of your dog, is it intact? Is it is it not intact? You know what's going on with that. Now, with that being said, I'm not going to say I'm not saying go out and spay or neuter your dog and everything will be fine. A lot of times with these things, let's say that an in, not being altered is one of the reasons for these behaviors. The problem is these behaviors become habits. So spaying and neutering your, neutering your dog will probably not remove those habits. Training and and good work with the dog is what's going to be the best medicine for that. The next thing then is your dog's health. So what I find is, and this is something we've done a lot when, when we're working with behavior dogs, is we actually go, hey, you know, some of the stuff you're telling me, let's go to the vet and let's rule out some medical stuff. Because we could do all the training in the world, but... If there's a medical issue, the training might not help. A medical issue could be anything from something bad like cancer or something internal that's just really painful to broken toenails, leg injuries, um, ear issues, uh, rotten teeth, anything that could be making your dog sensitive. You know, sensitive to being touched, sensitive to being handled or bumped. We had one of our own dogs who was great with dogs for a long time, he ended up getting bit by a wood tick and getting ehrlichiosis, which led into a whole mess of medical stuff. And when he came out of it, he was okay, but he was dealing with some, because he was sore and because there was some pain issues through his, his, you know, stint of trying to recover from all of this, he became very sensitive to dogs running into him and grouchy about it. And then, so he would actually start to go after dogs of any age If they would run into him or hurt him, he'd get mad. And so that could be the same thing with your dog, whether it's the new dog or old dog. Is there some medical issue causing your dog to not want the other dog to do certain things, interact with them, pull on their ear, bump into them, whatever it might be? It could be something, like I said, as bad as cancer or as simple as a broken toenail. We've seen all of it. So really look into, look over your dog, examine your dog, and and like, Something we recommend is is get a you could get a blood panel just to see hey how are the numbers looking you could get a blood draw and they could run a lot of stuff and and you could get an idea you know of, of is everything looking okay number wise you know we we don't think it's a bad idea and the last one then for the why and there's probably more whys but these are the ones I could think of kind of off the top of my head the the next one and this one is one that gets overlooked but I think plays a big part in in some of these issues cropping up, and that is you, your life, 
what is going on in your life when these things are, are cropping up. So uh, we've seen uh, women who are pregnant. One dog gets more protective of that person. Uh, people who are going through illnesses, injuries, anything, if, if the dog's sense of vulnerability in their owner or their, their leader, they might look to protect, and that might mean blocking the other dog or going after the other dog. Also, things like what's going on in your life besides medical. Um, are kids going back to school, so there's a big event, there's a big uh, lifestyle change, or is... Are you going through a divorce? Is there relationship issues? Is there a ton of stress? Dogs sense these things. Dogs can sense stress. You know, I I feel like humans are super emotional. And so I just feel like we spew so much emotional energy that when things are bothering us, it really comes out. Whether we try to hide it or not, dogs can sense these things and feel it and they react to it. Like I said, they react to it differently. Some dogs, when things are stressed, they want to protect you. Other dogs, when things are stressed, they stress, which then leads into them becoming reactive. So it's just something to think about. Like, what's going on in your life? What changes are going on in your life, your health, everything that could potentially be affecting these dogs? And then, of course, you could always look at, well, what can I do to change that? Well, it... it, who knows? I mean, you could look at different things. Like maybe when, well, let's use the, the bad one here. Let's let's say you, um, you're getting a divorce. Well, maybe when things calm down, divorce is final, everything settles, maybe things will get better. But also keep in mind, if the person that is leaving the house or the person who's gone is was the leader or the alpha or whatever you want to call it, and the dogs feel like they are leaderless, you're going to have to step into that role and you're going to have to to do that. So that leads into, you know, what can we do? What can be done for this? And like I mentioned before, number one is consult a a trainer, you know, and talk to them personally and privately about like what's going on and develop a plan catered to your situation. I just listed a ton of different reasons that your dogs could be doing what they're doing. So first things first, contact a trainer and and work with them to see what can get what can be done. Um, but some things you can do ahead of time, and I think this is really important, is you could start doing some muzzle training. I know muzzles are are this thing where people get a little nervous about. They're like, oh my god, muzzles ish, you know, or oh god, that just means my dog's nasty. Well, your dog is biting another dog, so a muzzle is going to stop that. And when I say a muzzle, I don't. The cloth muzzles are okay. I like the metal cage muzzles because a dog can breathe better. I don't like the soft cage muzzles like the plastics and stuff because I do feel like dogs, if they really try, can still bite through those. Um, But muzzle training. Because you know what? One way you're going to be able to get them back together with each other is by utilizing a muzzle. And what a muzzle does is it not only takes the opportunity for that dog to do damage to another dog out of the situation or at least minimizes it, it also helps control your energy because now you're not as worried. Now, I'm not saying, well, just you know, put them on muzzles and let them go and you know, whatever. That's not what I'm saying. There needs to be some obedience training and stuff, just having them hanging out in the same room together. you know. But a muzzle is a good thing to start with. Both dogs should be muzzled. Don't just look at the dog who is the aggressor because by now, if you're dealing with these issues, there's a chance that the aggressor is is 
has pushed the other dog so much that when he when the other dog sees the, this the the aggressor, that dog starts to get defensive, and it might not even be provoked that that the dog getting beat up might just say, okay, I got to defend myself right away and go right into attack mode. So I would muzzle train both dogs. The other one then is just good obedience and control. I've mentioned this before in previous episodes, but obedience is so important. It can help trump so many um, behavior problems. You need to work on that. And that might take, you know, if your dog can't be taken places, that might be getting a hold of, again, a trainer and working with them one-on-one. How can you get training done so that your dog listens to you, you know, does what you tell them to do, and you can have that control because if dogs are running wild, it is a heck of a lot harder to work on behavior issues when that is happening. You need to get some good control on your dog. So don't don't sidetrack that. Like that is incredibly important. Uh, the other one then is is and I kind of mentioned this before. Please do not let your dogs fight it out. I've heard people, I've heard trainers say, "Well, you know what? Just fight, let them fight it out. They'll figure it out." Maybe, maybe they will. But at what expense? At the expense of, of damage to your dog, exp- the expense of a vet bill, possibly even their life. Like I've heard, we've been in this for a while, so I've heard the worst stories uh, for these things. So I highly, highly recommend, do not let them just fight it out and figure it out on their own. We can do things to help them figure it out. I'm not going to be the one who says, I want this dog to be alpha, so this dog is going to be alpha. They have to decide who it is. Because if you're trying to force one dog to be alpha when the other one actually is alpha, you might be making it worse. So so I let them figure things out in a sense, but I am not going to let them fight. I will not let them hap- that happen. I love my dogs too much to see them get beat up, damaged, tore up, gouged, broken, everything. Not going to happen on my watch. The next one then is more of a management tool, but something that I think you should definitely, if you're not already, and I imagine you might be already uh, doing, that is crate and rotate. We need to make sure that we are giving the dogs equal time out. And even if we can't have them out together, I think it's really important to still have them out. So crate and rotate, as much as it sucks, is something you're going to want to do until you've met with that trainer, you've gotten some work done, and you feel like, okay, you know what, we can now start to introduce these dogs together again. So crate and rotate until you are comfortable or until you are ready to implement the training that you have been taught. And the last one, and this is probably the worst one, rehoming. I think sometimes, and I'm, I am this person, it is extremely difficult, or, or maybe I'm just stubborn, I don't know, to go, well, I'm just going to rehome the dog. Now, I've talked with people who are way more willing to do it. I think it's partly because of the stress that is brought on by these issues. But if you've been working with someone and trying, and you feel like you've been trying really hard, and I mean like legit trying, don't be like hoping that, well, we've been working on this for a month and it hasn't gotten better. This stuff didn't come up super fast and it's not going to go away super fast. This takes time to train. But if you're seeing improvements, and I don't mean big improvements, if you're seeing even just the tiniest improvements where your dogs can look at each other without freaking out or one can walk by the other without the other dog attacking or something, just small victories. If you're seeing these small victories, you're on the right path. Continue on. But you know what? We have to be honest with ourselves and maybe this dog just isn't a good fit for the house. You know, and it it sucks to say, but 
sometimes rehoming, if it's a possibility, if the dog can be rehomed, is definitely something to consider. So take these things that I've talked about, the, the why dogs are doing this and what you can do to help prevent or work on these issues, and, and think about how this pertains to your situation. What can you do to better it? And if you're listening to this and you're like, well, God, thank God I'm not in this situation, you're absolutely right. Thank God you are not in this situation because it sucks. This situation is terrible. It runs your life in a sense, and you have to just do all this extra work. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't consider what if. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. What if this happens to you? Be prepared. Do the work ahead of time. Work on that obedience. Muzzle train. Like our dog doesn't need a muzzle, but he is muzzle trained. Why? Well, what if? It was an easy thing to train. And I just did it ahead of time so that if I see an issue pop up, I can quickly, boom, pop that muzzle on and we're, we can get working on, you know, getting things better faster, you know. So really just pay attention to what's going on with your dog, what's going on in your life, health things with you and your animals. Think about the ways you can manage this. And, and hopefully, guys, hopefully this episode was helpful for you if you are dealing with this. This is a bad situation. It's absolutely terrible. Um... But you're not alone. I'll tell you that. We deal with so many people who are dealing with this issue. You are not alone. And there's a lot of resources to help you guys get through this. So look for that trainer. Reach out to a trainer in your area. And, you know, if you are having problems locating someone or if you're looking for advice on somebody, you can always jump on our Facebook page, shoot me a message, and just say, hey, here's where I live. Where's what's a good trainer? I know a lot of trainers all over the country, um, in the U.S. and in Canada that I can probably refer you guys to. Um, so if you're having issues, definitely reach out and let's see if we can help you guys out. Also, make sure guys you check out OnDogTrainingAcademy.com. Look at our uh, we got that new course should be up on our website here soon with the launch of November first. There is a discount for pre buying and we will have that available here soon. Um, but we are absolutely excited to have this first course uh, completed and getting ready to launch November 1st. Super exciting. And you can, of course, go to the link in the description and get that free new dog shopping list. I think it's super helpful. I think it helps save people money and make sure they're not wasting money on useless items that maybe they've seen on TV or thought were cute and then realize later on that the dog doesn't care about it or it just broke or was useless in the first place. So jump in that link below in the description, fill out your email, and I promise once we have your email, we will not bombard you with a whole bunch of crap. We are just using that to be able to update people on our awesome course and some things that are going to be happening at ondogtrainingacademy.com. So again, guys, hopefully this was a helpful episode. And like always, we'll see you guys next week, Thursday, at well our episodes drop midnight i won't be awake but maybe you will and we'll see you there